0: good evening good afternoon or good night however and whatever it is you may be listening thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the take it easy podcast we are back ladies and gentlemen happy Happy Monday to each and every one of y'all stopping in here. Make sure to download, download, download those podcasts. Leave a follow, leave a five-star review on Apple, on Spotify, or on Overcast as well. What a weekend, people. We got the Cubs and the Cleveland Guardians tearing everything to the ground, as well as the Washington Nationals, too. Uh, We talked a bit about that on Friday, though. NBA free agency starts today, but we did an NBA draft preview and you know, you guys found that okay, but I'm thinking this time around, we're going to do an NBA free agency recap instead of a preview. So we'll sit on that NBA free agency news, but it kicks off today. Um, Patty Mills to the Lakers is going to happen and the Lakers have now Russell Westbrook and four total players on their roster. They've got their big three and Marcus Saul. And that's it. That's the entire Laker roster right now is their Big Three and Mark Gasol. Um, so good luck to them in filling their entire roster with 35 year old veteran minimum contracts. Uh, we'll get to our NBA free agency coming up tomorrow once a lot of these moves end up happening. Also, news coming in this morning Kawhi Leonard kind of just hanging out in purgatory, expects to resign with the Clippers. But if someone's going to offer him a max and maybe has a good situation, you know, he's he's open to listening. So Kawhiami Beach comes into play. Atlanta Hawks go sign Kawhi. I know he's going to miss most of next season, but go sign Kawhi Leonard Atlanta. Um, Yeah, NBA free agency getting ready to kick off here today. Kyle Lowry might be headed to Miami Beach. Goran Dragic just got his 19 million dollar player option accepted, but it looks like Uh, the Miami heat might banish the best point guard in franchise history. And yes, that includes Tim Hardaway. They might banish the best point guard in franchise history. Goran Dragic to the shadow realm of Toronto, which that's a dick move. (laughs) If you're going to opt into his team option, then trade his ass to Toronto. Um, Toronto will probably buy him out, but it's still kind of just a jerk move by the, uh, by the Miami heat, but Miami's trying to sign Lowry. Uh, Nobody knows where DeMar Derozan's going to go. John Collins is a restricted free agent. Looks like Lonzo's going to Chicago. It's going to be a fun day here in the NBA free agent sphere. Even if again, Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan are the two most exciting pieces. Cause even the big names who are free agents, which are Kawhi Leonard and Chris Paul, we overwhelmingly expect that they'll re-sign with the teams that they play for. And unfortunately, in the case of Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard is going to be out for like eight months in the next season. So NBA free agency, it's going to be exciting. And we'll recap it either on Tuesday or Wednesday based on whether or not all these moves start coming in immediately at six o'clock Eastern time today. We'll just have to wait and see to figure that out. What I also want to talk about here before we get to our main topic of the day is Nick Chubb, the Cleveland Browns running back and guy who never shows any emotion, never says anything interesting. Um, Cleveland fans just associate him in the same way that most people associate Kawhi Leonard. Um, but Nick Chubb got a contract extension for three years and $36 million dollars with $20 million fully guaranteed. Nick Chubb needs to fire his agent for negotiating him that contract. Um, Nick Chubb, league's second leading rusher in 2019, missed a few games last year, but still had over 1,200 yards rushing. Nick Chubb, for my money is one of the, the four best running backs in the NFL. And this is not going to come down to a debate of who's better between Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones. But the fact that Nick Chubb negotiated a contract that pays him just makes him the sixth highest paid running back in the NFL only because he got $200,000 more a year than Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones. Basically tied for six, which could be deciphered as eighth for Nick Chubb, but he has the sixth highest paid contract in the NFL that makes him just as highly paid as Joe Mixon for six million less guaranteed than Aaron Jones. And Nick Chubb needs to fire his agent immediately because he could have gotten so much more on the open market as could Aaron Jones. I was surprised Aaron Jones only got, you know, 48 million from the Packers with 26 guaranteed. But I was baffled to read that Nick Chubb, one, negotiated a three year contract, two, negotiated a contract for only 20 million guaranteed, which to be fair is more per year than the Aaron Jones contract, getting 20 million fully guaranteed, but also we kind of think that Nick Chubb is worth more than Aaron Jones, or at least I think Nick Chubb is worth more than Aaron Jones. And again, this brings up the whole complex debate about should you ever pay the running back? The answer is no, Uh, as the stat we like to go to all the time from our investigative journalism shows of running backs that were the top 10 highest paid in the NFL over the last three seasons, only two made the playoffs that is todd Gurley, 2018 derrick henry 2020 every other highest paid running back or top 10 highest paid running back either missed the playoffs or was jerick mckinnon who didn't play the year that the 49ers went to the super bowl so only twice has a running back, only in historically great seasons has a running back making top 10 money been able to lead a team to the playoffs. Now, is that a statistical anomaly? Probably so. And, you know, Alvin Kamara comes back this year, so that'll mess with the math a little bit. But it's a weird situation for the, by the way, Devonta Freeman's now a New Orleans Saint, but it's a weird situation because. We expected a little more from Nick Chubb. We expect the Browns to be good next year. But the thing about that is that Nick Chubb isn't a top 10 highest paid running back next year because his contract doesn't go into effect until 2022. And so I was just surprised that he didn't negotiate more. And like with Alvin Kamara's agent, he should absolutely fire his agent. While we've got a quick minute here, I do kind of want to figure out who are the highest paid running backs in the NFL. Cause people kept pointing to like, um, Hey I'll, you know, um, Nick Chubb is uh, doing the, the team move of taking less money. And first of all, I have never heard anything coming up here that he took less money for the team. This just seems like what market value dictated Nick Chubb was worth. And I was stunned to see that that's what market value dictated that Nick Chubb was going to be worth this season. By the way, Alvin Kamara finally gets to be one of the highest paid running backs this year at number three. But I, I couldn't believe that Nick Chubb got what he did. And also Nick Chubb is kind of just Nick Chubb is really good. And we know this, But I was just surprised to see that Nick Chubb came through with a contract extension and there hasn't been any connection to the fact that Nick Chubb took less money for the team per se and his salary cap number next year isn't that big. So here's the highest paid running backs next season in terms of salary cap number. You've got Ezekiel Elliott. Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, Melvin Gordon, Joe Mixon. That's the top five. Christian McCaffrey. I don't know how they did that with Christian McCaffrey's contract. Um, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, and Kareem Hunt. Those are the highest paid numbered players with salary cap number or with the salary cap numbers. Um, let, me, let me see Christian McCaffrey's contract real quick here. I'm stunned that Christian McCaffrey only makes you know f- is only costing them 6 million against the cap next year but maybe they uh maybe they did a restructuring of the contract no you're right it's only 6 million against the cap but uh his this is one of the lower years of his contract he only makes 8 million dollars this year and he got 22 million last year including that signing bonus so that's uh that's where that value of his contract comes into play interesting Christian McCaffrey, not making as much money as I thought this year. Neither is Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb should fire his agent, and so should Alvin Kamara. So, let's talk about the Raiders. Because I was uh, going back through the archives this weekend. You know, it was a long weekend, you know, wired up this week. And I was going back through the archives over the weekend. And I found some old articles that we wrote on our blog, Slippery Slope Sports. And one of those was from July of last year. You know, July was the, the end of the pandemic sports hiatus. Wasn't the end of the pandemic in general. It's just the end of the uh, sports hiatus from the pandemic. We went four months without sports. Remember that? Remember that time that we went four months without sports? It feels like so long ago now. But, anyways, last July, it was actually July 14th, 2020. I did a two year report card on John Gruden's tenure with the Las Vegas Raiders because, you know, John Gruden very clearly set the Raiders up for a rebuild. It it was uh, within like six months of getting the job. John or within six weeks of his first training camp, John Gruden made it loud and clear exactly what his intentions were with the Las Vegas Raiders. And the Raiders gave him a 10-year a contract extension. And that was part of what this whole thing was about was, hey, we're going to tear down and end up bouncing back. And what I wrote back then was uh, it took Gruden six quote, it took Gruden six weeks to announce loud and clear what his intentions were. On September 1st, 2018, the Raiders traded star linebacker Khalil Mack to the Chicago Bears. In exchange, the Raiders got two first-round picks, a sixth-rounder, and up to $114 million in future cap space. With that move, combined with the firing of Reggie McKenzie, general manager, following the 2018 season, the Raiders were going to undergo a full rebuild in order to build a champion following some sort of analytic model. Lots of draft picks and losing seasons to help players hit their primes at the same time. And Grunin is one of the few coaches who could have made such a call. He signed, as I mentioned a second ago, a 10-year, $100 million contract himself. And this commitment gave him an unprecedented level of power for a coach within an organization, or within the Raiders organization more specifically. Power that gave him the th- the authority to trade the 2016 Defensive Player of the Year without, reportedly, ever meeting him. And so, two years after the fact, we gave John Gruden a report card. And so, we bring it back full circle to 2021, one year later, and Gruden is starting to lose my patience. Because I had said nice things about John Gruden. In fact, here's the grades from the report card from 2020. There are four categories. Accumulating assets, an A. Resetting the salary cap, B. Figuring out your quarterback situation. I said at the time, if a rookie quarterback starts week one of 2021, then you get an A. If Derek Carr starts week one of 2021, you get an F. And so... Obviously, Derek Carr is going to be the Raiders' starting quarterback in week one. But some, the, some of the reason why John Gruden has soured a little bit is because, you know, 2020 didn't pan out the way we thought for some of their players. Like, for example, Max Crosby, he had seven sacks, but was an unremarkable type player. Trayvon Mullen, unremarkable at corner for the Raiders, but now he's going to step into that starting role. And with Derek Carr, obviously, um, this is the place to start. So we're going to reevaluate this report card going into next year. The reevaluate the the strong report card that I had given John Gruden last offseason. This was at a time where the Raiders were coming off a seven and nine season, despite the Antonio Brown drama. That really, as we talk about, was more semantics than anything else. Didn't actually do anything to affect the team other than just lose a talented wide receiver and a draft pick that became Deontay Johnson for the Steelers. But Gruden and company are not in as good a place as before. And it's not a surprise. 2020 was a bit of a disappointing year. They had another seven and nine season. Some players regressed and Derek Carr was kind of lobbed into a QB purgatory situation without a roster ready to make a deep playoff run. And, We know Carr is going to be their starting quarterback week one, and while Marcus Mariota is getting a lot of money as a high-end backup, Mariota isn't quite what I was thinking as a backup plan for replacing the quarterback. And looking back now, saying an F to Derek Carr might be a bit harsh, because Derek Carr is not a terrible quarterback, but there is some truth behind the disappointment for the Las Vegas Raiders Derek Carr is the Raiders highest paid player he's been the Raiders highest paid player for each of John Gruden's four seasons as head coach next year Derek Carr will make just over 22 million dollars against the salary cap because again you know anything else they should get more money than they do but Against the salary cap, he will contribute $22 million, which makes him the 8th highest paid quarterback in the NFL. This means in simplest terms possible, the Raiders are getting poor value for Derek Carr because you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone arguing Derek Carr is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. What are some of the best value plays in the NFL? Well, Patrick Mahomes was a great value play And now Patrick Mahomes is the highest paid quarterback in the NFL starting next year. I think I think next year Mahomes becomes the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. So that's a poor value play for the Kansas City Chiefs. Forty five million dollars a year makes Patrick Mahomes the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. So even if he's the best quarterback in the NFL, he's still getting paid like the best quarterback in the NFL. Right now, Lamar Jackson is getting paid like the 30th highest paid quarterback in the NFL or 30. I think he might be outside the top 32. And he's one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL. So he's the best value play in the NFL. Josh Allen is only making $8 million a year, and he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's a great value play. Derek Carr is one of the 15 or so best quarterbacks in the NFL but he's the eighth highest paid quarterback Derek Carr. We now know like you'd be hard pressed to find anyone who says he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL top 15. Yeah, he's probably there, but even Matthew Stafford struggles to crack the top 10. Matthew Stafford is really good. Derek Carr is a quarterback whose play correlates with the rosters that he's given. And we've kind of seen this across the last six years now. Seven years he's been the Raiders starter, but more specifically the last six seasons. When having a playoff roster in 2016, Derek Carr tied for third in the MVP of the league and got his five-year, $125 million contract extension. And with a roster torn apart by John Gruden, Derek Carr finished 27th in the league in QBR for a Raiders team that went 4-12. Now again, everyone's going to get worse when you have worse players on the team. But, case in point, Deshaun Watson was 11th in the NFL in QBR last season with a bottomed-out Houston Texans team. Derek Carr is expected to regress when the Raiders have significantly less talent. It's just the, the significance of the gap is what is jarring is that he finished 27th in QBR with a bad team, but finished tied for third in the MVP the year that they made the playoffs with Khalil Mack winning defensive player of the year and Amari Cooper and all of those players that are no longer on the Raiders. In 2020, the Raiders finished ninth in the AFC. They were seven and nine, basically the same team as the Dolphins, Hanging just outside the playoffs. Derek Carr had the 7th highest QBR in the AFC last year. Just ahead of Ben Roethlisberger and Phillip Rivers. He was actually a good ways ahead. Both of them were 19 and 20 and he was uh, 12 in the NFL. But Ben Roethlisberger and Phillip Rivers were subpar quarterbacks. That made the playoffs with stacked defenses. And really good skill position players. Like... They were not good quarterbacks that happened to play on really good teams and their teams couldn't even elevate their poor play or their subpar play. So yes, they finished ninth, but if you apply context and recognize, hey, Ben Roethlisberger or Jimmy Garrothlisberger, as I call him, basically a backup quarterback in the NFL, but happens to play on a great Steelers team, Phillip Rivers, old and washed. And happens to play with a really good offensive line and really good defense. But made the playoffs. So if you apply context, Carr is kind of hanging around right where the Raiders would expect to be. The Raiders were middle of the pack last season. They had the 17th pick in the draft. And Derek Carr finished with the 12th highest QBR in the league. Derek Carr is a player who is going to be and will be a starting quarterback in the NFL for a decade. It's a really great career. He's the Raiders' all-time leader in passing touchdowns. And he's also an unremarkable starting quarterback in the NFL. Both of those things can both be true at the same time. He's a quarterback who, across the last 25 years of NFL history, typically plays for like four franchises across 13 seasons. He's basically Matt Schaub. Then he becomes a high-end backup. Like He's basically Matt Schaub. Versus what the Raiders paid him to be, which was Matt Ryan coming off of Matt Ryan's MVP season the same year Derek Carr finished third in the MVP. But Matt Ryan has a borderline case for the Hall of Fame. Matt Schaub does not, and Derek Carr does not. But the Raiders gave Derek Carr the exact same contract as Matt Ryan back in 2017, with Matty Ice coming off an MVP season and another 4,500-yard season. And Gruden knew he was signing up for this, and he didn't move off of Carr, despite knowing pretty much who Derek Carr is. Maybe not after year one or year two, but by now, Derek Carr is a fully-formed quarterback, and we kind of know that he's an unremarkable starter who's kind of in Tier 3 of quarterbacks. And because he's kind of worn out his welcome with the Raiders, he's kind of now in quarterback purgatory right there with Jimmy Garoppolo and Cam Newton and Carson Wentz sitting there in that quarterback purgatory. So Gruden didn't end up moving off of Derek Carr. He's still got two years left under contract. And by then Gruden will have played a half decade with Derek Carr as his quarterback, despite being some sort of quarterback whisperer, but Whatever. I mean, Derek Carr was who he was before. He was a fully formed quarterback, and we don't expect significant leaps for Derek Carr at age 31, given that he hasn't had very many significant leaps other than from being a second-round pick to being a 10-year starter in the NFL, which, again, second-round picks don't always pan out that way. So what about these other two categories that we mentioned above? Accumulating assets and resetting slash managing the salary cap. So let's start with accumulating assets. And again, I've kind of gone away from using the word assets the way I've done it before, but accumulating players. Here is my quote from July 14th, 2020 about why the Raiders got an A in the accumulating assets category. The Raiders have done a fantastic job in bringing in young assets. They've had five first round picks in the last two seasons and another five first round picks, or I'm sorry, and another five picks on day two of the draft. They've gotten great payouts from guys like Darren Waller, Demarius Randall, and Hunter Renfro, among others. With hindsight as our friend let's go back and look at Gruden's track record with those 10 picks that I mentioned from the last two years. And with that, we'll include the 2020 draft, which is early to tell, but also we kind of know what direction it's going. So the 2018 draft, Gruden's first draft pick was Colton Miller, the star left tackle, previously right tackle, now left tackle, who just got a giant contract extension this offseason, PJ Hall, Brandon Parker, Arden Key, and Nick Nelson. 2019 draft, Cleland Furl, the number four pick overall, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Abram, those were all first round picks, Trayvon Mullen, second round pick, Max Crosby, was acquired with a trade that the um it was a trade down situation but also they traded their third round pick for antonio brown and that pl- that pick ended up becoming deontay johnson as i mentioned earlier and obviously antonio brown never played for the raiders 2020 draft this last year henry ruggs damon arnett were first-round picks, Lynn Bowden, Brian Edwards, and Tanner Muse. Those were their day one and day two draft picks. That comes out to about two pro bowlers, Colton Miller and Josh Jacobs, four NFL starters, Cleland Furl, Max Crosby, Jonathan Abram, who missed all of last season, and for now, Henry Ruggs, uh, with a handful of looking-like busts Mixed in being Trayvon Mullen, Damon Arnett, PJ Hall, all looking like some misses in there. Arden Key, that's looking like a miss. And one player who Gruden traded before he ever played a single down with the Las Vegas Raiders being Lynn Bowden, who they flipped for a fourth round pick in last year's draft. He was a third round pick and they traded him before he ever got to step on the field. Which, again, is super weird. The Raiders didn't do terrible with their draft picks. They have Colton Miller and Josh Jacobs to show for it. But the prize of their entire rebuild was Cleland Furl, who was obviously the number four pick in 2019. And it's looking pretty good, but not remarkable through much of his time with the Raiders. His pro football focus rating is in the 70s, and that makes him pretty good, but the numbers for Cleland Furl are sort of unremarkable. Like he's not bad, but it's unremarkable. And maybe year three is a breakout time, but he's also running second team reps in training camp for the Raiders this time around, which doesn't bode great for Cleland Furl, but maybe this is the, his improvement year, the duo of Max Crosby and Cleland Furl on the edge ranked, 25th last year in pressures despite the fact Crosby had seven sacks and the Raiders signed Yannick Ngakwe this offseason to start over Crosby who is kind of a diamond in the rough prospect who you know has some physical limitations and his rookie year had more sacks than Khalil Mack did for the Bears it's not bad but it's about average and with all the draft picks that the Raiders had Kind of feels like a disappointment given that you know they had their healthy share of busts and they've got some starting caliber players, but they missed a lot in the draft. And considering how many picks they actually had, it just feels a little bit disappointing. But the Raiders didn't really find tons of gems with their 16 day one and day two picks. With an extra year to evaluate, I'd move that a more like a, a B minus or a C plus in the asset accumulation category also acknowledging that we didn't look into the 2021 team with um Trayvon Merig, Alex Leatherwood as they're reaching first round pick he'll start at right tackle so again there there's some room for improvement still but I'd hold them around a, a B minus or a C plus now So finally, let's talk about the salary cap reset for the Raiders. And this is what I wrote back in 2020. Quote, The Raiders have been great at resetting their books, but not great at not spending said money too early. Trent Brown, fantastic signing. Corey Littleton, looks good. Tyrell Williams, meh. LaMarcus Joyner, Oh, damn. Antonio Brown. Uh, yeah. End quote right there with, uh, yeah. That's how we end quote that. It gets even worse one year later because, you know, those players I just mentioned with uh, adjoining reactions. Only one of the five even plays for the Raiders anymore. Corey Littleton is the only one of those five major free agent signings of the last three years that even plays for the Raiders. And the Raiders felt the wrath of their poor cap management this last year. Rodney Hudson was traded to Arizona for a third round pick, which is a bit of undervalue on Gruden's part. Gabe Jackson was traded to the Raiders for a fourth round pick. And Trent Brown, who only played five games last season after I said he was a fantastic signing through year one, was cut loose as a bad contract this offseason. They just straight cut him, released him. He signed with the Patriots after the Patriots did their classic thing where they let players walk in free agency, let other teams cut them, then re-sign them on the cheap. They do it all the time. Las Vegas has been terrible with free agent signings across the last three years. And so they didn't buy themselves any leeway when they used most of their cap space this year to sign Yannick Ngakwe at a position they invested tons of draft capital in over the last two years and running back Kenyon Drake to back up Pro Bowl workhorse Josh Jacobs. They also signed John Brown to a one-year deal, while letting 2020's number one wide receiver, Nelson Aguilar, and his assistant people down, my man just started throwing babies out the window. And we was catching them, unlike Aguilar and his mishaps. I like to put that out there. It's not every day that we mention Nelson Aguilar, so of course I want to play the amazing video of the hero in Philadelphia catching babies being thrown out of a burning building, unlike Aguilar. Uh, I love that video so much. So anyways, back to what we were saying before. Uh, some of those moves might end up working out for the Raiders. For example, Aguilar might be a bad contract. He was a dumpster pickup for the Raiders when the Eagles just cut him loose and he was the laughing stock of the league and he turned himself into a very good wide receiver. Might have been a good idea to cut him loose. But since they lack high-end talent... And, you know, Ngakwe was once a top edge rusher, that might end up working out. But the Raiders made a lot of people, including myself, scratch their heads again with some of their free agent signings at a time where people have already lost a lot of faith in John Gruden's ability to spend money. So the one thing keeping the Raiders from getting a D or an F in salary cap management is this fact the Raiders get a second chance in 2022 so after this season they get a second chance they've set up contracts where they have 48 million dollars come available in free agency next off season, which is the fifth most available cap space in the nfl the raiders also have a path to acquire 20 million more based on some strategic cuts and trades, and if they got up to that $68 million free agent threshold, it would put them only behind the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Indianapolis Colts in available cap space. So with some smart moves, the Raiders could have a Patriots-esque spending spree next offseason to bolster their roster for 2022. And fortunately for John Gruden, his 10-year contract sets him up to still be the one making the moves next year at a time, year four, of a long rebuild where most coaches would get fired after a fourth consecutive missed playoff appearance, poor salary cap management, and average drafting ability. So I don't think the Raiders can make the playoffs in 2021. And I could see them even ending up with a top 10 draft pick. Like, I think the Chargers are going to be right up there. But again, we said the same thing about the Raiders last year. Other people think the Broncos are going to be better. I'm looking at you, Blake. Blake Jude, Stripe Hype Cincy, BengalsInsider.com, Stripe Hype All Day Podcast. He thinks the Broncos are going to be pretty good next year. I don't necessarily agree. But if the Broncos are better than I think they will be, then the Raiders could end up as the bottom feeders in the AFC West. And the Raiders kind of stayed the same and maybe even got a little worse. I mean, they dumped all those people on the offensive line. They got rid of Nelson Aguilar. They got rid of some of those big free agents on defense, like LaMarcus Joyner. Replaced him with Trayvon Merrig. Could work out. But we don't expect much of an improvement from the Raiders. At least most people don't look at them as a huge improver. And we don't expect Derek Carr to necessarily elevate the necessarily elevate the Raiders to a new ceiling because Derek Carr is just not that quarterback. And so here's our final diagnosis with the new three-year report card for the Las Vegas Raiders. Asset acquisition goes down from an A to a B minus salary cap management goes from a B to a C minus and figuring out your quarterback situation goes from a if they replace Derek Carr and F if they don't with a rookie by the way to a D maybe a D plus But anyways, the final diagnosis, John Gruden probably deserves to be fired, but the Raiders spent so much to get him that he'll probably get a second chance. Deserved or not, John Gruden will probably get a second chance to run the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't know if I agree with that idea, but again, I just said he should probably get fired. Not totally sure, but Pretty sure he should be fired, but John Gruden, either way, is going to get that second chance running the Raiders in 2021. And with all of that flush cap space come 2022, which, you know, if, you, for example, the Jets fired Todd Bowles when they got all their cap space and let Gase spend it. So this would be the opportunity to make a transition of the organization, especially with their car becoming affordable to cut at the end of next season or trade, probably more likely a trade still got some value. We'll see what the Raiders end up choosing, but I don't know who has tons of expectations for the Raiders coming up this season. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping in here to the take it easy podcast. We have episodes every single day, Monday through Friday, as well as Wired Up on Sundays. Every now and then might be a Wired Up next week, whatever it might be. Watch for some NBA free agency today. I know that there's not some huge names and not a ton of teams have cap space, but today is the day for NBA free agency. Lots of names are going to be signing and maybe, just maybe, we'll have an episode tomorrow recapping that and talking about Russell Westbrook a bit, but we'll do that on the DSD pod today, which you can also check out with the link in the description to today's episode with myself and our friend Cam. Support the work that we are doing, uh, and I love each and every one of you. And as always, take it easy. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Aguilar. And he's assisting people down. My man just started throwing babies out the window. We was catching them, unlike Aguilar and his mishaps. I like to put that out there. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.